Hello, everybody, and welcome to the uh, mid-afternoon depression version of the American Citizens Podcast. My name is Gray. I'm joined by Josh. Josh? Hola! We, we don't sound depressed. No. We, we've, we, I think that we washed this one out of our systems quicker than usual because it wasn't so unexpected. I had anticipated that Manchester City were going to lose uh, to Liverpool. So, you know. It's, it's not like we, we sat here and, and, and feel stunned by what happened. No. But it's, it's easier to cope with these things when, when, when you sort of mentally prepare yourself for, for what's to come. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and I think we were mentally prepared for the reality that they were facing. Um, I don't I, – I, I just want to get this out of the way real quick so that way – uh, it's said, and and we can sort of move on to the uh, meat of this podcast. I don't think City are going to win the league this year. Like, I definitely think this is Liverpool's year, barring uh, any sort of catastrophic, unforeseen events. Um, City are just simply too battered. Uh, they've been lucky to avoid injuries. Uh, throughout uh, Pep Guardiola's tenure, but um, not so much this year. And I don't see a way in which City uh, bounce back and become a contender this year. I think the only thing that they can really do is uh, send David Silva off with a Champions League victory. Which may be their goal, you know. I mean, that that may be the goal with with where things are at this year. You know, sometimes you have to adjust your goals mid season, and uh, that may be the goal. I think it was maybe always the goal, but I don't think they wanted to concede this easily. And I'm not gonna like, <clears throat> I'm not gonna concede. Um, be, it, it's you know. This team won 198 points over two seasons, and they've earned maybe right. not the benefit of the doubt, but I'm the the right to not be written off in the second week of November. Um, I agree with you that it will probably take a ser- it will definitely take a, a series of mistakes over of, of Liverpool's own doing for them to not win the league. And yep. if Liverpool don't win the league, then they will only have themselves to blame. It would be easier for me to sit here and say, oh, they can still win it if they were playing um, as well as they have in the last two seasons over their peak city. Um, but they're not. No. And, and they don't have the players. And you never know, like, maybe, you know, they get guys back and everything snaps into place. But will it be too late? Possibly. Um, Likely. When, you know, it's it's – I don't think that – anyone is conceding that the race is over, nor do I think they should, but I also think that there is an acceptance that there is a clear and heavy favorite right now who should, by all accounts, go on to win it, and it's not City. So, <clears throat> I, I do want to talk for a brief moment about this concept Whoop. of... Sorry, I had myself on mute there. Oh, go ahead. Uh, I don't. I don't see a way for city to to come back i don't if the thing is even if even if yeah. you like put it in your head mentally that okay they win the return match at the etihad it's still 
six points all else equal. Mm-hmm. So and Liverpool have to lose. You know, that's either three draws that City have to make up or two defeats, um, assuming they can stay ahead on goal difference. Um, is it possible? Yeah. But that's the thing is that City have looked far more likely to drop points this season than Liverpool. And that's in spite of the fact that Liverpool, to me, don't look as good as they were last year, which is, I think, the frustrating part, because I've watched Liverpool in the last month, you know, drop points at Man United. They should have dropped points against Leicester. They should have, they should have dropped points against Tottenham. Um, you know, if those two things happen, then we're talking about five points in November, which is a different conversation, I think, um, even with the, the, the victory. So... I don't know. Maybe that turns against them later in the year. Maybe they start drawing the games that, you know, on in theory, having watched them this season, they probably should have drawn. Mm-hmm. Or maybe that was their rough patch, and that's that's it. They've that was the chance. And you know, we don't we don't know. But, you, but as I watched Liverpool, I I think they're not quite as sharp as they were at their best last year. But at the same time, City have fallen off more. Um, so it doesn't really make a damn difference. No. Nope. Um, and I think that's that's one of the frustrating parts is that when I watch Liverpool, I see a really good team, but I don't see an invincible one. And that if City could play to the level that they have been capable of, they would still be in this. But for varying reasons, they are not able to do that right now. So I I slightly disagree with you. I I don't think City could could play alone um i don't think they could make up the gap um i just don't i think it's too far gone for city um but um but uh i mean i mean fair enough i just I, I feel like at this particular point in the season, Manchester City are so hammered with injuries at critical positions. And, you know, you you look at the game yesterday and they were just shipping goals left and right because they don't have a defensive spine. Um, they're just they're just so hammered with injuries that they're they're rock um, at center back. uh who happens to be Laporte, uh, with him missing, it's, it's, God, it is such a noticeable difference. Like, that was the worst you, possible uh, injury that yeah, you You find out, and, and Ederson didn't help, although that I don't think ch- Ederson was going to do much of anything with, I don't with think City's Ederson defensive was going to change the game, but that was also, to me, a huge psychological thing. Right. They're not as good with Bravo and goal. There's, well, there's, Bravo. Because Bravo's good. for one, Bravo is not as good. But for two, everybody seems just a little bit less confident. Um, as well, they should be. Well, Claudio yeah, I mean, Bravo is well past his prime. He's a backup at this stage in his should, career. But I think it's your job as a player to sort of keep your mentality up and not not be. And I, I'm not accusing them of being weak mentally, but I, I'm just saying, I think as a professional, it shouldn't make a difference. But I, they, they just, I don't know. I, I think that all these problems kind of meld together to all look worse. In, you know, each each individual problem sort of 
fuses together to make everything one large, one very box. large disaster that makes them all look very inept when they're not That's inept. Fair. But there's a lot of things right now that are working against them. Um, That's certainly fair. I, I would agree with that assessment. You know, maybe on their own they could handle. Um, you know, the injuries or so on and so forth. But, but when you, when you adjust the injuries at certain positions, it's where it just, the injuries are to me. Like, yeah. It, it's, it becomes it's, it's all not, too much. Last year they played the bulk of the season without Kevin De Bruyne and they were fine. Um, because that but is, it needs to be said though, that last year Bernardo Silva was having exactly. a better year. And that's what I was going to say is because that happened at a position where they could shuffle someone else in and not take a gigantic performance hit. Yep. They don't have if some someone in defense gets hurt, that they don't have that kind of depth at that position to cover for it. No. Which is a rant that I've had on this podcast before and I don't have the energy to do it today, but you'll you already know what I think about it. It's odd it's odd though, because now they finally have a center defensive mid and he's injured. Right. I mean, yeah. he, he played yesterday, but it, you know, it's it's a hard game to come back in. <laughs> One it's an I, even harder game to come back in when you don't have the people behind you right. that that you're the shield, but yeah. you're shielding something that's. Like you're one, shielding, so, one, you're shielding somebody you're shielding that's not wearing of, any armor. You're shielding a house of cards, basically. Yeah, you're and, shielding somebody that's not wearing any armor. So. I have a gripe with how Guardiola handled the left back position this week, because you should know, as as a manager, that you're not going to be able to play Mendy in back to back games. Mm-mm. But Mendy is firmer defensively than Angelino. And I think that for Pat to have played Angelino against Southampton, knowing full well that that meant that in all likelihood Mendy would play the midweek game against Atlanta and thus not be able to play against Liverpool, I think that was a mistake. Do I think it would have changed the game? I kind of doubt it. But I do think he kind of bumbled into a situation where he hamstrung himself, no pun intended. Absolutely. Um, where he hamstrung himself into not having his best available left back available for the biggest game that they were going to be facing. And I don't know why he did that because I don't want to watch Angelino play against Liverpool. And shockingly, it more or less went exactly as one would have expected it to. And that frustrated me. You know, I'm not one to sit here and complain about Guardiola too much. And I think in general team selection is something that people spend more time dwelling on than they should. Yeah. But in this instance, I didn't love that, and I would have done it differently. Um, I, I and on a, on a unrelated note, I don't understand why the handball rule cannot be applied consistently across yeah, the sport. This isn't a VAR thing; it's a simple application of the rules in a consistent manner. Where if it, you know. If it looks like a handball and smells like a handball, it probably is a handball and it should be given. And I don't understand why that wasn't a handball, but I'm Rick Laporte against Tottenham was. I don't know what the difference between those two things are. They're both defensive handballs. They both happen in the box. 
uh, well, excuse me, Laporte's was an office. If that's really it, then I don't understand that even less. Because the whole point, the whole big deal that they made about this new handball rule was, okay, it's going to get rid of, you know, it's going to get rid of, 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 of these conflicts where was it intentional? Was it, you know, blah, blah, blah. It, handball is handball no matter what, blah, blah, blah. That's, the, that's what they said this rule was going to be. And then I watch handball happen and not be called handball. And it's like, well, is it the rule? Are you sure? Are you, you know, I, uh, this is, I'm not going to sit here and say it cost them the game, although it certainly happened at a point early enough in the game where it could have changed the trajectory of it. But I just don't understand anymore. I it, it I don't know what it is about this season, whether it is the specter of VAR hanging over everyone's head or just sort of a general dilapidation of the standard of refereeing in English football. But it just feels like people are, everybody's throwing darts at a wall and hoping that something sticks. There's no consistency to anything. And I don't... I, I, I don't know. Half the time I'm watching this year, it just feels like you're flipping a coin when it comes to major refereeing decisions. And I haven't always felt that way in the past. And I don't know what the heart of that is. I don't know if it's confirmation bias. But as I watch these games, it just feels like they're making things up as they go along more than they ever have. Somebody brought this up to me, and I'm not sure... I, I don't know how correct it is. I don't know if it's up to interpretation, but uh, somebody has said that Guardiola doesn't seem to be having as much fun as as in years past. And one person even one person even said to me that Guardiola looks like he wants to be gone. Um now, I don't agree with that assessment in the slightest. I, I mean, think I, Guardiola is the type of guy who, if he didn't want to be there, he would just walk into uh, Caldun's office and just be like, look, I can't do this anymore. Yep. And, and, and I do think it's hilarious that the moment City face adversity, fans are like, ah, oh, Pep doesn't want to be there. No. I would, I would this frankly, is just how Pep looks I when would, things aren't going his exactly way. That's exactly what I would say. I would argue that that his demeanor this year, if anything, indicates that he's cares more, more, you know, thrown himself into it more, and is more aggravated by his team's failures to continue reaching the standard that they set for themselves. As opposed, if he was checked out, he would be, you know, he'd be pulling a Manuel Pellegrini and standing on the on the on the touchline. Yeah, he'd be like, his, yeah, we his, we played with, really well with today. Hand, with his hands in his pockets, staring ahead blankly and saying post game, you know, very happy, very happy. That's it. Very happy. I think that, tactically that, that's, we, we that's did what, everything we wanted that's to. What, it just that's what Pep work. Guardiola would be doing if he was checked out. He would not be walking up to to the referee and sarcastically applauding him and screaming in his face at the end of the game. Good job. You know, that's that's not the face of a man who has checked himself out of the job mentally. (laughs) No, no. If anything, that's a dude who's showing that he absolutely cares. He's pissed off. Like, he wants the English referees to get this VAR shit under control. I've I've read about this. I read, um... Oh, did I just blank? I just... I had a thought in my head and it went away. Um, I'll get it back here. But I've been, yeah, okay. I've been reading, I've, you know, I've read things. And he said this year, 
I believe he started out by, you know, not coddling is not the word I would use, but he, he, he was a bit more encouraging. He was a bit softer. He said they've accomplished so much and I trust their mentality. Um, and, and I think that this season, the way to get the best out of them is to just sort of be a kinder, gentler Guardiola. And then they came out, they sort of stumbled out of the gate and that you said, nope, it's gone. I, I, maybe I trust him too much, but it's gone. I gotta, I gotta toughen up again. And I, and I think that this is sort of a byproduct, a, a back, a, him sort of backlashing against himself, I guess is the way I would put it. In that he's, he's just sort of snapped back into, you know, angry general mode, I guess. Um, angry Guardiola, yeah. default Guardiola. He, I, I do agree with the sentiment that he, right now he is definitely more agitated than he has been in probably several two, years, two, two and a half years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean that's a natural byproduct of the team not performing up to expectations. And he's not going to use the injuries as an excuse. No, he never he's will. Sim- no, he, I mean, at the end of the day, these th- th- there are. More than enough players on this squad uh, that they could be doing better than they are now. Right. There's there's we're, no we're, excuse dropping points to Norwich and Wolves with this no. squad. It does not matter who you're playing. Mm-hmm. You should be winning those games. And he yeah. will say the exact same thing. And he will not want to hear injuries as an excuse for those two games in particular because they weren't good enough. And that's all there is to it. Nope. They were not good enough. They did not play well enough. And they didn't even play well enough against Southampton. They basically got themselves out of jail late in a really bad performance. Yeah, and, I mean, and and this... that's not injuries. It's just not. You know, you look at the attacking it's talent. It's just on show, shit play. It's not injuries. It's. It's it's frankly a lack of a cutting edge has been an issue and it was an issue against Liverpool. Again, Liverpool deserved to win that game, but City had chances to score more goals than they did and they spurned them repeatedly. And frankly, you can get away with that against Southampton, but you can't get away with it against Liverpool. Mhm. And that's just sort of where we are. Absolutely agree, man. I absolutely agree. Um, I wanted to talk about this notion, because I was thinking about this independently of, of, of anything you've said or anyone else has said, but I've seen the sentiment that City should just sort of prioritize the Champions League ahead of the league. And while I'm fine with that, I'm not, I'm not sure what it means, because look, you've got two group stage games remaining. If they win one of them, they're through at the top of the group. Um, mm-hmm. And then from that point on, you have a maximum of seven Champions League games. One of them is the final. It happens well after the season ends, so that's not something you're going to have to rest guys for. I don't think the whole notion of like sacrificing league games for Champions League games really comes into play until March or April, by which point City may be in it, may be out of it. Right. Um, so I guess I would say to stay the course for now, but... Um, because there's going to be a big December, January, and then the first half of February. They don't have any Champions League to cope with, even when and if they advance. I, they, they're going to advance. Yeah, they're going to um, advance. I mean, they would have advanced. Yeah, if they'd have won that game against Atlanta because yeah, they uh, 
they would have already been through a top of the group. And if they beat Shakhtar, um, all they need is a point out of their next game. Yeah, their, they're they're gonna they're gonna go through, and they're almost certainly gonna go through at the top of their groups. So that's not something I'm just sitting here worrying about. No. But then they're gonna have a break for a while, and frankly, I think at the at, at the point around February when the Champions League will be starting up again is where you sort of reassess like where you are in the league, how are we going to do this, how are we going to prioritize this. You know, It's immediately about... after the transfer window. It is. Um, I'm not sure if they're going to do anything. I read Sam Lee. I... Sam Lee yeah. wrote a story about this yesterday in which they're kind of hamstrung by the foreign player limit right now, and yeah, they would it... need to get rid of someone foreign to bring someone else foreign in. And I think that uh, both of us have read, if I'm sure, it's uh, Sané would obviously be the one Sané, going. Sané, is an Sané would be the one going, Sané. and Oyarzabal would be the one coming in. Right. From Athletic. Which uh, I know people are going to be like, well, that doesn't change back. anything about the defense. And it's like, well, no, but they, no, but they'd we, have to sell somebody have an else. offensive player that right. can actually play. Mendy's clearly not leaving right now. No, that's that's I think that's I think whether he wants to or not, he ain't going anywhere. They need him right now. So and this is why it was stupid, by the way, for Otamendi to sit there and be like, I want out this year. Like, I mean, come on, dude. Like the season hadn't even started and you want out. I mean. It is what it is, and and I know we weren't really planning on talking about that today, but but this is sort of like you'll you'll get your opportunities if you are just patient. And it felt like Otamendi was like, well, if I'm not starting, I'm out. Yeah, and then he found out that Valencia wouldn't pay up for him. That, that whole thing went badly for him. They? I don't think that Valencia have much to to offer in in that way. Like I mean, Sam Lee. Sam, this was actually in the same story. Is that Otamendi was interested in leaving, but every club that was interested either signed someone else or couldn't afford him, basically. Mm-hmm. And so he more or less got stuck, um, and thus. You know, sort of seized the initiative when company left and 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 stuck and just stuck around and had a job, blew it more or less, but had a job um, as a more regular start of the season. But I don't that whole situation. I think went poorly for him in many ways. It went miserably for him. Like, I mean, all he had to do was be patient, and somewhere along the way, an opportunity like this would have presented itself. Maybe not in the form of taking Laporte's job, because that's not going to happen, but but playing alongside Laporte. Like, okay, if I know that I'm on the same team as John Stones, I at least feel confident that there's going to be opportunities for me to get on the pitch in a starting capacity. I mean, John Stone's not even withstanding. You're on a team that wants to win all four competitions there, and they're yeah. getting you to play. And, and and it's not like John Stone's is is super consistent. If if you're no. if you're Otamendi coming off arguably the best season you've had since you won uh, what was it? Defensive. I don't know. I, I keep wanting to use an American terminology in defensive player of the year. I don't. 
I don't know if it was called that, um, but but something similar. He was a standout defensive player for Valencia. Uh, that is probably the only other season he's had on record that was as good as his year last year with Manchester City, or the past two years with Manchester City, for that matter. And and Otamendi is like the moment he hit adversity, he was out. That bothered me. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm glad this is a guy with it. This is a guy who has more or less bothered me forever. (laughs) I mean, I'm not. No, no, no. I'm not going to sit here and pretend otherwise. Yeah, you're not going to sit here and be like, I've been a fan of Otamendi since day one. The first time I screamed on this podcast was in his very first, you know, Pep's very first season here in like, what was it, 2016, 2017. I just lost my mind at him on on this podcast. And ever since then, I've just been, you know what? I, I'm, I don't like this guy. <laughs> very, very lose your mind worthy. He's, he's just, he, he has every, everything about him is like, just sort of like, okay, you're either totally with him or like you watch him play. I thought you, you were about to call him a clitoris. <laughs> I don't, I don't know why. It's, just, it's just like you're, you're either totally with him or or you watch him play and like his style and you're just like, no, I want to kill him. No, I mean, not literally, but it, it's like I hate this guy. <laughs> I hate watching him dive in. I I hate his stupid tackles. I hate his stupid beard and I hate his stupid, stupid face. Tattoos. <laughs> and I I found myself falling into the ladder camp. So. Honestly, I'm not going to sit here and, and, and be like this criticism is new. But yes, that would have further rubbed me the wrong way if I wasn't if I hadn't already been rubbed the wrong way so much that I had basically become raw and numb to it. So right. it, it's 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 I'm not going to say it's in character because it doesn't I. I as far as I know, the guy's not a bad teammate. The guy seems no, to no. everybody likes him. I don't think that he, there's any problem with you him. You always see him My uh, in always... photos going out yeah. to dinner with, with with people. He's he's by all rights necessary. He's a good locker room player. My problem has always fundamentally been with his style of play and his recklessness and his sort of inability Which, to adapt i guess his, his style of play is is one of those you're either gonna like him or you're gonna hate yeah, him actually i don't even know if you're gonna like him i think you're gonna tolerate Some people him. like him i mean unhinged bull in a china shop it, it's it's definitely donald trump's kind of player <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> I have no further comments. No, I, no, I, no. I have. I, I, I to, shouldn't have said that, but whatever. It was there. I to, took it. To quote Let's Manchester move. United's most successful manager of the last decade, I have nothing to say. I so, have nothing. I, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to get fined. I prefer not to speak. So, oh, uh, I don't know where we are anymore. Who cares? Um, talking about Mourinho. Let's keep talking about Mourinho. No. Future uh, Arsenal manager Jose Mourinho. You know oh, what? I though? Would die I, Arsenal would go from this prolifically uh, uh, attacking club to 
a club that doesn't score a goal in like that ten consecutive. Because that you you know these are the people who hang there. You can't buy class banners at the mm-hmm. Emirates. Mm-hmm. That is going to be such a remar- That would be such a remarkable. Like you thought, some Manchester United fans had a hard time like coming to grips with that appointment. Arsenal mm. fans are going to have a full-on like crisis of like oh, self-examination. They're going like, to how d- badly do we want to sell out? <laughs> they're going to have a conniption, dude. Like it's 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 going to oh. be a prolific meltdown. I hope dude, it happens. Arsenal for- TV I was will literally about to say thing. I want this to happen just because the Arsenal fan TV that would come out of it oh, would God, be worthy dude. of every single award that you can give to something like that. Oh, Give them the webbies, the shorties, like, you name it. I don't care. (laughs) I want to watch troops hold up an Emmy and be like, (laughs) this is is all, this is all I want now, so. Now we're going to make it happen, much like Scott Carson, we found our, we found our calling. Speaking of Scott Carson. Speaking of Scott Carson. Oh, that is the perfect segue. (laughs) (laughs) This isn't quite how I expected our cult hero goalkeeper to happen. No, Um, but we have a new cult hero. Scott Carson is out. Scott Carson is out. I would be remiss, even though this happened a good week ago now, and it's been beaten to death. It hasn't been beaten to death by us. us. So here we are. Um... Kyle Walker, in kind of the Nicholas Otamendi vein, is not a player that I have always taken to. I have at times referred to him as a pace merchant on Twitter, which no one ever seems to dispute, mind you. Everybody just sort of like sort of looks over and nods and just doesn't really want to say it. Yeah, but, like I'm not gonna fight this. But the, 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 there's I... like okay, there's a degree of truth to that enough that I don't really want to argue it. Um, <laughs> But, but the, the, last Wednesday, we saw a bit of an evolution mm-hmm. in Kyle Walker pace merchants. Um, it became Kyle Walker goaltender. That's right. I don't remember. I mean, I know this has happened in the past to teams. Yeah. It certainly hasn't happened to Man City in re- recently. I you can't remember. Um, you know, it's it's it's. I guess the the obvious comparison is is the old Stuart Pierce story where he sent David James um, mm-hmm. up front to play to play uh, striker um, and brought brought his uh, that that whole ordeal, um, but that's not quite the same because that wasn't that wasn't injury enforced. Right, um, it was. It was genuinely, it was genuinely tactical, and he had a reserve goalkeeper. He brought in Nicky Weaver off the bench to play right. goal. It's not the same. Um, see, th- this is an instance where Ederson walk, goes off at half. I mean, it was the eighty-eighth minute when they did it, but oh, it was it was a little bit earlier than that. Uh, I think there were about ten minutes. I, the substitution took an age and a half to do, but uh, no, it was the eighty-eighth minute. I'm looking okay. at it right now. Yep. I'm looking at the uh, article on it. Uh, I'm fairly sure, anyhow. Let's see. James is playing in oh, goal for Man City that. against no, Middlesbrough. No, 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 oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. Were you talking about Kyle Walker? I was talking about Kyle Walker, Kyle? yes. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, I was yeah. talking about Stuart 
Pierce putting yeah, no, no, no. David. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah. So yes, this also happened earlier than that did. So there's there's a faint comparison, but they're not the same. Nope. Um, and 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 so we we have Ederson goes off at halftime with a muscle injury. Claudio Bravo, in true Claudio Bravo form, gets himself sent off. off for being an idiot. Um, and thus, City mercifully had the sub left. <laughs> Imagine if that had happened after they used all three subs. Wouldn't that have been a trip? I, I think, actually, if your goaltender is sent off, regardless of how many subs you have, you can't play without a goalie. It probably, so. Well, I would have assumed that they would have just taken someone who was already on the pitch. And pitch and moved him. Thrown a keeper kid on him and said, go, go have fun. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Kyle Walker comes off the bench um, and made more saves in that game than Ederson and Claudio Bravo combined Come with a very confident um, catch on the uh, the free kick. Mm-hmm. Only a slight spill. Ederson has had worse this year that have led to goals. <laughs> yes, he has. That's not a knock. It's just the Lord, truth. Lord, Lord knows Claudio Bravo is an error waiting to happen. Claudio Bravo, yeah. Um, God, who are City going to play in goal if Ederson doesn't recover in time for the next Champions League? I don't know. Probably Bravo. No, he's banned. Oh, Bravo can't. He can't. I don't know who that's It took me a minute there. I'm like, wait, no, he got sent off. He can't play. I guess it would be Scott Carson. It's all coming true as it was foretold. It's all coming together, man. Oh, my gosh. That would be on the 26th. So Ederson has 15 days. Um, I would bet he'll be back by then, but part of me hopes he isn't. Yeah, part of me hopes that Ederson... But not a big part of me. <laughs> yeah, no, obviously not. Well, who's the opponent? Shakhtar Donetsk at home. Oh, I don't care. <laughs> I don't like, either, I but can't, they have, I, can't, I can't be bothered. I don't either, but they have Chelsea three days before that, and I don't want Bravo and goal against Chelsea. That's a good point. That's that's my... That's my... Okay, that's all right, you with this. me. Is that you swayed me. If they were flipped around, I would say, okay, I hope Ederson misses Shakhtar, but then is fit for Chelsea, Available but they're not. Chelsea. Yeah. They're not flipped around, and so we have to sort of take the good with the bad here and sacrifice our dream for for, right. for the good of... Damn it, Scott Carson, you win again. The season is still fairly young. His time will yet come. So... So where do we rank Kyle Walker's performance in goal? Let's let's spend some time talking about this for if for if nothing else, just a moment to add Comic some relief. Levity. Yeah, yeah, add some levity to the podcast. How uh, how do you rate Kyle Walker's performance in goal? If we're doing this in like football manager terms, he gets a twenty out of twenty for bravery. Okay. However you, want to, however you want terms. to interpret that. <laughs> however you choose to, to, to look at such a thing, it takes some cojones to stand up on the bench, raise your hand, and be like, yes, I, I, will, go, I will go play goal in this tie game away at the San Siro in the Champions League. That's, you know, I'm... 
I would not, you know, if someone was sitting on the bench and they just sort of like sunk into the bench, you know, like some people do when they're sitting down and they right. don't want to be seen. They be called like, on in class. They're like, oh, sit down in their chair. You know, normally I would, you know, that's something I would normally be critical of. But in a situation like that, yeah, I get it. You know, <laughs> like nobody wants to I, pony I up. I and... why you wouldn't really want that. I, you know, if, if I'm sitting on the bench and, and suddenly that's happening, I'd just be like, you know, what what happens if I screw this up and they win? You know, you're going to get a bit of a pass just because you're not, a but not much. Player, but, but you're still going to be on every blooper reel in the history of the Champions League. And it's just like, you, you know, I'm good. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to hang here. But Kyle Walker, he has the balls of a bullfighter. He, he He stood up and said, put me in goal. And then delivered. Not only did he volunteer himself, but he acquitted himself. He was he was his own lawyer and he gave a good accounting of himself and acquitted himself. I I was very pleased with I have, Kyle. I have more the only respect. thing Kyle Walker could have done better is to put an assist on the table. Yeah, really. Catch up. I, mm-hmm. I, I have I have more respect for Kyle Walker now than I did before that happened. That's um, fair. Uh, and 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 I suppose that sounds like a backhanded compliment, but it isn't because I wouldn't have you know, I don't remember who else was on the bench at the time, but I don't know that I would have expected him to be the volunteer there. The guy that was going to stand up and be yeah. like, let me do I it. I mean, this is a guy who was singled out by Guardiola in the past for for needing to be better in big games, needing to make his presence felt. And maybe that's, you know, maybe that's why he did it. Maybe that's why he made his presence um, felt by yeah. volunteering for goal. Maybe, maybe that was going through his mind it's like well you want me to step up in big games how's this big boy yeah and, and I, how I, do you like me now yeah, bitch i i don't i don't know but either way if that was the intended effect it worked on me <laughs> it certainly worked on you know, me almost enough for me to forgive the fact that he was largely responsible for the third goal yesterday but that's okay pace merchant pace merchant but it's not like it would have mattered because no, it was still yeah, one. Yeah. Uh, that, by that point, it's just sort of salting a wound. But yeah, hey, if whatever. Nothing, if we get nothing else out of this season, we got we got, that, we got that. <laughs> that alone, I'm not going to say it makes it worth it, but it, it makes it more palatable. At the end of the day, City weren't likely going to win the title this year, so this at least makes it a little bit more fun. This I is, suppose. It's the precursor to the memorable Chelsea 2012 style Champions League campaign that sees that sees City win dramatic fashion and steal the freaking headlines away from me. You know what, though? I'd be totally cool with if that. If they win the Champions League this year, I will consider the season good enough. Right. Like, at this point, we're sort of in adjusting expectations mode. Do you, do you, okay, let me ask you where you sit on Champions League. Do you think City can deliver? Can yes. they come through? I think they can. I don't know if they will, 
But L- Laporte should be back by the time the knockout rounds start. Right. Um, that's big. That's a big deal. Um, so Sané will be getting back around that time if he stays. I'm not going to go too far into that. I don't know if he will. I don't know how that goes. But in theory, he could be there. Um, or someone could. I don't know how that's going to shake out. The point of this is, you know, barring any further injuries in the next couple months, which inevitably will happen, but the current crop of injuries will be sorted by then. And I, I, you know, so much of these things depend on draw, who they face, when, what the form everybody is in when they face them. We can't sit here in November and predict things like that and how. Well, let's take a look at potential possibilities should City win their group, which all but seems likely. Obviously, we can't know every group winner, but Mm -hmm. who are some possibilities for City to end up facing? I mean, overall. Mm hmm. Um,. I was well, going to have you pull up the champion. Yeah, I am. I, 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 you know, we we ha- we can sort of guess on who's going to advance. Like PSG are going to advance. They're pro- might top their group. Um, I'd yeah, love to play them again. You know, I don't, I don't. Yeah, they're a mess. They're not domestically. They have dropped a lot of points this year for a team that caliber. PSG, Real Madrid look like they're going to go through. Um, them I would not like to play. Bayern Munich look like they're going to go through. Tottenham look like they will still go through we're in looking spite of for, everything. We're looking for second place here. Well, I mean, down the line, they're, it's not going to matter, but yeah. I'm just reading off everybody that's going to advance, regardless of the place. Um... Barcelona look like they're going to go through Dortmund and Inter. There's still some doubt there. Yeah. I'd, aren't they in the same group as uh, Barca? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Liverpool and Napoli look pretty well set to go through. Juve and Atletico Madrid look pretty well set to go through. Um RB Leipzig looks like they're going to go through. Lyon have the advantage in their group. And then Group H is the real messy one with Ajax, Chelsea, and Valencia all on seven points through four matches. Fuck. So. That's a hell of a group. Yeah, Ajax. I mean, Ajax have lost talent, but they're obviously still. Very good. Doing well enough to escape, you know, Chelsea or. Chelsea are starting to perform pretty well in the league. Yeah, I'm surprised that Lampard has that ship moving in the right direction. It's Um, it's giving a lot of ammo to the people who have been all along like, why don't they give younger players more of a chance in the first place? Because they're really starting to deliver. I mean, Tammy Abraham has 10 goals. Um, Pulisic is... Pulisic has come on, starting man. Starting to really come into his own there. Which starting to sense that I'm, he could. I'm yeah, starting, yeah. which is starting. I'm starting to resent because every time the guy breathes, the American media just fall over. Uh, golly, um, yeah. <laughs> 
that's the part that pisses me off about him. I want to I like him. No the problem American with, I have no problem with, with, with Pulisic. I have a problem with the American soccer media's breathless coverage of everything he does and acting like yep. it's a personal affront to them when Frank Lampard doesn't start him. Yep. That it, but it, I me. want to like Pulisic, but the American media aren't giving me much of a choice right anyway, now. For our, any of our overseas listeners, this is kind of – I'm sure there is a degree of similarity in your country, but every time there's an American in the Premier League, we just get breathless coverage of everything he does. It's sort of like when guys when in the UK NFL yeah. actually made it to the NFL. And when he's not performing, it's definitely someone else's fault. <laughs> <laughs> It, Frank it, it Lampard is not giving him a fair shot. Look, he's scoring now. Look, Frank, what an idiot you are. It's not like you're one of the most accomplished England players ever. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> idiot. Um, anyway. Yeah, I, I, I want to like him, but I get the sense that I'm not going to. <laughs> As far as the Champions League, you know, City are in this weird boat where I do think on their day they can beat anyone, but also uh-huh. like, lose to anyone. Yep. I mean, there's certainly some less favorable. I know I don't want to deal with Liverpool at any point in the Champions League, even though that well, just seems inevitable at this point. I would just like Liverpool and Barca to play each other, and then oh, we'll what? T- so Barca can choke again? Yeah, I'm hoping. <laughs> Valverde. Valverde seems to get it right on the second time. So all I know is that Barcelona fans hate Valverde, which I don't understand because he's actually doing well. I don't know where they're at in the league right now. I Uh, they are currently sitting first, tied for first, twenty-five points. Mm-hmm. Eight, one, and three losses in twelve matches. Well, okay, and I guess which is, which is surprising. Given I, I'm sure, I, bet, I bet that has something to do with <laughs> the three losses. Three losses in twelve matches, and it's who they're losing to as well. Because as I recall, they're not good losses. They lost away to Levant, Levante. It's like uh, some Ibar type shit. Um, yeah. Let me see who have they. A 2-0 to Granada. Oh, Jesus. 1-0 to Athletic Bilbao. Yeah, I I can see where the frustration stems from when you look at it. (laughs) They definitely look frustrated as hell over that. Held to a draw by Slavia Prague in their last Champions League game uh, in Barcelona. Osasuna, another tie. Yeah, I can see why that would be frustrating. Yeah, I I don't know how much Valverde, how much longer he lasts there, but I don't know. I don't think he's been a bust. The problem is the way they lose. Like, it's hard. It's going to be really hard for any coach to live down what happened in Anfield last year. Oh, yeah. Well, for that matter, it comes that comes on the heels of the Roma. And yeah, which that was was him, too, right? Yes. Yeah. There's a degree of practicality that comes enters into his style of play. For a club that expects to win the Champions League every year to get knocked out like that twice is is like unacceptable. I'm surprised beyond unacceptable. I'm actually surprised he kept his job after another bottle job. Yeah. Like, feels, 
But the, but they have been winning the league, which is what's saving his his butt. So. Yeah, but at the same time, I feel like in that league you should win. Especially with the state Madrid have been in lately. Yeah, exactly. It's not like Real Madrid are some prolific team these days. I mean, I know Zidane is back and all, but... I mean, that hasn't really had the intended effect. No, it hasn't. Well, I mean, it has. They're they're, first. They're they're, they're tied for first, but their their Champions League form has still been kind of middling, which was his big draw, because, you know... We talked about Zidane in his first stint at Real Madrid. No matter how they did in the league, they won the damn won Champions the league. league three years in yeah. a row. So, I, you know, if that eludes him, then things will get tough. But I don't know. Still so frustrating that Zidane has all those titles to his name because... Because Ronaldo. Oh. Yeah, because of Ronaldo. I don't know. Ronaldo will be thrilled that we're giving him all the credit for Real Madrid. Yeah, you know what? If, if Ronaldo listens Cristiano. to this podcast, then... I don't like you. <laughs> That's going to be about what he says to us. Yep. Anyway, anything that, that you want to conclude on here? try and sexually assault us. It's, a, it's good to be an American right now and be able to say things like that, isn't it? Yep. <laughs> yeah so right so, Any, moving any, on anything that you would like to add before I wrap this up um yeah I just want to take a look ahead real quick to uh city's upcoming games um and kind of go through some predictions with them um obviously uh Liverpool was was shambles uh but City have Chelsea next. Nice little break of 13 days here. Yep, Chelsea next, and then Shakhtar, then Newcastle. They can always win a home game, I think, even in this state, despite what happened against Wolves. I think they'll always be favored at home. They're good enough. Mm -hmm. I think they can beat Chelsea. I think they'll beat Shakhtar, and that will clinch their spot atop the group. Newcastle are a mess right now. Newcastle are always a mess. Burnley and Man United. Burnley's always tough, but also again, that team is not quite as good this year. Derby, the Derby throughout the form, but City at home, and frankly, I remain deeply unimpressed with Manchester United in every way. Yep. So frankly, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is not the... Yeah, I mean, we're sitting here talking about them be- scoring three goals against Brighton being some kind of breakthrough. It's like, give me a break. Yeah. How many how many times have we done this charade over the last few years? Oh, that's the performance that changed it. It never is, guys. It no. never, it never <laughs> is. Let's face... Manchester United need to face the fact that they're a middling club now. Like, they're just, like... They're, they're still occupying. They and Arsenal are still occupying the same turf. It's just not the same turf that they used to occupy. Mm-hmm. It's and, and and people need to realize that you know they're just like everyone else. They're just like everyone else. And I know Manchester United isn't supposed to be, but times have changed. Yep. They have a changed they and. Sure have. Manchester United are just in that 
sort of rut where they're like everyone else. And some years they're going to have good years. Some year they're going to have bad years. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what ends up happening with Manchester United, but I don't anticipate that club really turning a corner anytime soon. Like, I don't think they're about to go on some hot streak right now. No, managers don't really want to coach there because Edward Word isn't really investing in that squad. Like, Expectate. This is – Manchester United are like – a middling SEC football team. They're Tennessee. Tennessee, huh? Well, that's a bit rude on them, I suppose. Yeah, I was about to say they're Maybe not Auburn. That, they're not that bad. Maybe yeah. Auburn in that. Well, I mean, every SEC fan thinks that their job is like can't miss top tier, um, even if it isn't. Every SEC job is good to a degree. But not as many of them as they think are Vanderbilt sucks. That's true. Most SEC jobs are pretty solid, but the majority are not as good as their fans think they are. And I think that Manchester United sort of have that same trap, whereas anyone who comes in is supposed to be expected to win, 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 when they don't really aren't in that position. And furthermore, I just don't think that uh, the structure is not right. Either. Yeah, it's not it's it's not what it once was. And, and that's, you know, that that's the part that fans have to come to term with is that it's not what it once was. And it likely never will be again. Like, that's not to say they won't land a good manager and may not win, like, a Champions League or a league title down the road, because let's be real, they're Manchester United. But as long as Ed Woodward's there, I don't know that they're going to be the same club they were. And and this is, this is the new era of ownership. American There's... owners aren't really all that amazing. Like, no, they're not. Like, it used to be you wanted an American to buy your club. Now you want a Middle Eastern to buy your club. There's more parity in the Middle East. There's more parity in the Middle East. There's more parity in the Premier League now than there was at Manchester United's heyday. There's more Mm -hmm. money in it. Look at Leicester right now. Yep. Leicester are basically a top four team right now because they did things very intelligently. And they spent Mm -hmm. money wisely and they identified really good players. And Brendan Rodgers who I believe still has his shortcomings as a manager, but I do think left Liverpool a bit underrated because of how that tenure ended. Well, he certainly got some some moxie back underneath him. Like, I do think that the Celtic job was beneath him. I, I don't. I think the Celtic job was a good fit. I it, it was a good it, fit, but I also think that gave he could him... have had a, a better job. I. I do think that he Where just, would you where where do I you don't, think I honestly don't know. Like what would have been a good job for him? I will say I, this, Arsenal could have done a lot worse. Than Unai Emery or a lot than, better. The, well, they could have done a lot better than Unai Emery. I'm just saying when Arsenal were hiring Unai Emery, I think they could have done a lot worse than to get Brendan Rodgers and have. Oh, okay, okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah. You're talking about Brendan. Brendan. Yeah, I, I I don't want to overrate the guy because I don't think he's in that top, top, top tier of managers. 
But I also think he's better than what Arsenal have, and he's better than what United have. Um, jury saw on Lampard, and Pochettino's legacy right now is really complicated. I think Pochettino has... I think he's just run his course there. Yep, I think he's peaked. And frankly, Last year was the best I shot think, he'll ever have. Frankly, I think that Bayern Munich should be knocking on his door and saying, Hey, buddy. Mm-hmm. You're in a bad situation. We're in a bad situation. I think this is a. I mean, Byron are in a bad situation, but I think this could be a mutually beneficial arrangement that's best for all parties. Yep. He ain't going anywhere at Tottenham. Whether he should or not. <laughs> so, but yeah, let me let me just take a look at let's let's do the next three kind of like we always do. Oh, um, yeah. Let's talk Chelsea. Okay. I mean, I you know. They should be winning at home. That's my simple thought. <laughs> I think, I think Chelsea have an interesting squad. I think that'll actually be a fun game. Um, I do like City in that game, but I would not be shocked if they shipped some goals. I never uh, am. Um. So I, I'm, I'm. I I actually think I'm going to take a draw on that one. I think Chelsea have the firepower to get away with a draw. Um, Shakhtar Donetsk. Do City finally put Win. the... Yep. Win. Yep. Same. Win. And uh, new, what, what do you think the score of that is? 3-1. 3-1. I'm thinking 4-2. Fair. Um, and let's talk Newcastle. Win. Two one. Same. Same. Who's in charge over there right now? Steve Bruce. Yep, that's right. Rafa got fired, right? Or Rafa. He... I think Rafa basically dared them to fire him, and they did. Because Rafa wasn't getting backed. Yeah, he and I think wasn't. He he more or less told them like. Back me or sack me, and they said, "Okay, bye." (laughs) (laughs) He's like, "Wait a minute, that's that's not what I had in mind." I don't think he minded, judging from everything he's said and written since. I think he was very frustrated, and he basically publicly accused them of breaking their promises to him, which which they did. I mean, and that's a pretty big step to take publicly if you intend on managing in England again. I'm not sure he does, Um, because he went to China. Oh, I think he'll manage in England again. I oh, think, I, think that, I, I don't think Newcastle did back him. I think anybody who looks at that situation with with any sort of objectivity are going to realize that Newcastle at the time were extraordinarily lucky to land Rafa as a manager considering where they were as a club. And he stuck with them even after they got demoted, and he thought he would get something in return. And he did. He didn't get the backing he deserved. The after fact that he kept those them. squads up speaks to how good he is. Mm-hmm. Those teams should have been relegated more than more than the ones that they were. And, it, and, and it's ridiculous that he did all of that and didn't get backing. Like, that's that's the part that sucks for him. But, you know, the athletic. <laughs> the athletic is there. Don't like your job as a coach? 
go right for the athletic. I really wish he had just um, he had he had actually done it with one of those some personal news. I'm leaving Newcastle United to join the athletic. athletic. A <laughs> little bit of personal news here. I'm joining the athletic. So uh, here's why. We, yeah, we're in agreement here that uh, that City are going to beat Newcastle. Yes. All right, so where are you at for the remainder of the season? Talk to me. Talk to me! And we can wrap up. With regards to just in general? Yeah, we're, we're, we're now that you've kind of had a better look at City, where do they finish? Second. Second? I say third. Behind who? Um, give me a minute and I'll pick someone. <laughs> That's that's why I have them finishing second. I just there's nobody else better than them. Well, they're so still going to win the vast majority of their games. Ah, oh, Leicester, they can have it. I don't think they'll Leicester going to finish. If it. you would have told me that the top five halfway through the season were going to be Liverpool, Leicester, Chelsea, Man City, and Sheffield United. I would have told you you are a liar. And yet, Sheffield United currently sit fifth. That won't last, but yeah, pretty much what you said. (laughs) (laughs) So I I think they're going to finish third. I'm not sure who, but I do think that City focus on other things, and that leads to a third-place finish. I don't think there are enough things to focus on where they're just going to be sacrificing league games. Um, I think the Champions League. Sure, but like I said, there's like six potential knockout games they could play. That's not that many. No, it's not that many. Some of them are probably going to come on the back of weak teams that they can beat while still rotating. I just don't think that it would have that much of as much of an impact on their final table finish. Hmm. Sometimes it comes down to the fact that you're just paying attention to something else. It's not so much what you're paying attention to as it is you just are. You're focused on something else, and that allows someone else all the space they need to jump in and sort of pip you. Fair enough. We shall see. Indeed, we shall, Mike. So, all right. Um, follow us on Twitter at America Citizens. You can look us up on iTunes. Just search for American Citizens podcast. Subscribe to our podcast, and you can uh, subscribe to us uh, through uh, Blog Talk Radio as well. Ooh, it's been a long day. Um, <laughs> so, for Josh, I'm Gray. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next everybody. time. Yep. Peace.